Welcome to the Rescue Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person find a life full of freedom and purpose through Jesus. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. Well, good morning, Rescue family. As always, it's so good to be with you. Welcome to another Rescue at Home. I just want to say it is an honor to be invited into your space, wherever you find yourself today, however you're watching. It's an honor to be with you, and we're so thankful that you have taken the time to jump on live or to hit play or to find this on our YouTube channel on demand later on. We're, we're truly, we're honored. And I just want to shout out um, in the midst of, you know, everything that we've been walking through over the past few weeks, not just in our, you know, in our culture, but just everything around, you know, our community, our city, our country, Man, there, there's some, there is some goodness. There is some happiness. There is some joy. And right here in our rescue family, I just want to shout out our brand new married couple, Austin and Serena Rye. We love you guys. We're so happy for you. Go ahead, show them some love in chat right now. Uh, we're, so, we're so pumped for you guys. And as your pastor, I am just blown away and honored that you guys decided to you know, wait to go on your honeymoon until after church today. Man, that's just awesome. Uh, totally kidding. You guys, I hope, are on your way if you're not already there. Uh, so we'll see you guys when you get back. But we're so excited for you. And it's just important, man. It's important that even in uncertainty, even in unrest, even in all the chaos that is around us right now, that we don't miss the goodness. And that's certainly something to celebrate here today. So as we settle into the word for today and we lean into what God wants to show us from the Bible, we're going to continue um, and really wrap up our conversation around the Holy Spirit. And in fact, uh, if you go all the way back for us that, that call Rescue Home, if you go all the way back to February, that's really when things begin to shake and our, our normal begin to shift. In fact, um, if you haven't noticed, I'm actually standing on the patio of Rogers Her Middle School. And uh, this week, our team came to the school uh, to go ahead and remove uh, our equipment that was being stored here as Durham Public Schools has suspended all of our facility rentals indefinitely. And with so much uncertainty still in what's coming for the next school year in the fall, and with Rogers Her being a year-round school at that, there's even more layers. There's just a lot of uncertainty if and when we will ever be able to access this facility uh, to have worship services, even you know, as we prepare to gather in the near future. And so it just makes sense for us as a church to start looking for what's next. And so yet another thing that is changing, uh, another part of our normal that is shifting. And we're not discouraged by that. I mean, we're so thankful for the administration here at Rogers Hur. They've been so good to us. It's been such a blessing for both sides We've been able to provide several different services for them. Uh, we're, we're leaving with them sound equipment and visual equipment that they did not have before we arrived. And that's part of your generosity and just part of us being a faithful steward of what God has entrusted to us. And so we're not discouraged. And, and this is not the, the closing of a book by any means, just the closing of a chapter. And, and now it's on to what God is writing for us next. And so I thought it was important that you, you know, were aware of this in case you missed it um, in our church email, the weekly um, supply drop or social. I just want to make sure you were aware. Um, but again, it's just another example 
of our normal that is shifting. And so we have been on this journey since February. God has been continuing to affirm that the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. And you know, since Easter, we've been taking a deeper dive into His Spirit. You know, it's not just God for us, which we see a lot in the Old Testament. It's not just God with us, which we see embodied with Jesus, Emmanuel, but it's also God in us, the Holy Spirit. And so today, friends, today's message not only closes out our current series, it, it really just ties everything together. And if you've been listening, if you've been leaning in, then I have no doubt that even with all the uncertainty around us and all of the unrest, that there is an anchor that is holding in your life. And that anchor is God. It is Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit. And the invitation, you're not getting the invitation only at the end. Here it is right here. Spoiler alert. The invitation for you watching is if you don't have that anchor, then it's being offered to you today. And so we're going to finish uh, today, signs and symbols. We've been looking at the past few weeks, several symbols in the Bible that either were a, a physical manifestation of God's presence uh, on earth, or it was a symbol of God's spirit all throughout scripture. And so today I want to talk about oil. Now, I am from Wayne County, okay? And so sometimes I realize I have to make things a little clearer for those of you that did not have the privilege or uh, there we go. <laughs> for those of you that did not have the privilege of growing up in Eastern North Carolina. So I'm I'm saying the word oil, but sometimes it just jumbles together. Oil, all right? Oil, O I L. And in fact, oil is mentioned over 200 times throughout the Bible. And almost every single time it is in direct relation to God's spirit. To just take Aaron, for example. So we know, think back with me, um, when we started talking about the Holy Spirit, the first place we looked was Mount Sinai. So God sent Moses to rescue the people of Israel. He brought them to the Mount Sinai. His presence descended upon the mountain. Remember how? With, with like a, the writer described it as a cloud of smoke, loud noise, and fire. God's presence descended on the mountain. He delivered the Ten Commandments, the law to Moses. And that law was intended to be a, a guideline for how God's people would be set apart from everyone else. So we, we kind of look at this and we, we look at Leviticus and we look at Deuteronomy and Exodus and Numbers and that whole collection there. And we see a lot of like, you know, that's kind of harsh. That's that's kind of hard. That's hard to live up to this. But you have to understand that although God got Israel out of Egypt, they were captive for 400 years. They were slaves for 400 years. They were in a very ungodly, unholy culture for 400 years. Do you think the mentality and the lifestyle would have just flipped just by removing them from the environment? No. So although he got them out of Egypt, he had to get Egypt out of them. Just like God rescued you out of a life of addiction or the, the shame in your life, the, the fear, the sin in your life. But he still had to get that habit, that mentality, that attitude out of you. Or, or perhaps that is your step today. That is a journey that you start today. So God does this and part of what he does is he establishes a very specific way to worship him. And again, we read that and we're like, wow, that's crazy. No one can live up to this. 
and that's true, but you also need to understand that there was so much pagan and really, truly satanic methods of worship and practice going on, and it only got worse as time went on, that God had to do something that marked his people, that set them apart. And so he established several forms of worship, and then he appointed, he called out priests to oversee that, to perform the sacrifices among other activities and duties. And so with this, he calls Aaron to be his first priest. And when he calls Aaron, the word there is anoint, to call out, to set apart, to mark. And this is how he anoints Aaron. He actually gives them specific instructions to make a special blend of oil. So like maybe it was like some young living something. I don't know. He just took this special blend of oil and he places it on Aaron and it marks him and anoints him as God's chosen person for this specific mission and work. And he actually says, you can't use this oil for anything else. And so is there power in the oil? No, but it was a symbol of God's spirit on him, God's power in him to be the person and the man and, and serve in the role that he called him to. So let's follow along this, this thread, okay? Not only does, is the oil used to anoint priests, but also prophets. So Samuel is, is called to be a prophet. He is anointed by God, okay, with oil, but then the prophets who serve as the mouthpiece for God to the people. So God would speak to the prophet, the prophet would speak to the people and try to direct them and guide them into what it means to follow the Lord, to, to be part of God's people. So not only were they anointed, but then God instructed them to anoint the kings of Israel to rise. So you see God's spirit in the symbol in the form of oil being used to mark priests, prophets, and kings. So Samuel, who was again anointed to be a prophet, came forth and he anointed David as the next king. And every king after that was anointed, was marked by the oil. And so here's the crazy thing, okay? So not only was the oil used to anoint prophets and priests and kings, but when Jesus shows up on the scene, Jesus Christ literally means the anointed one, the one who is indwelt with God's spirit, right? So he, this is the model, this is the, the standard, and it is the fulfillment of every priest, every prophet, every king. So because of Jesus, you and I today don't have to go to a person to get to God. We go to Jesus. He's our high priest. Jesus and his word, his written word, it speaks to us, right? Jesus is our king. We serve him. Now, that doesn't negate the roles that we have in church and in ministry. But the, but the beautiful part is you don't have to come to me to get forgiveness for your sins. You, you can go directly to Jesus for that. You can approach God because of Jesus. He is our high priest. He is our high king. He is our, he is our prophet. Jesus is the fulfillment of all these things. Christ, the anointed one. And so originally, my intention with today's message was to talk about how that applies to you and me today. Prophets, priests, and kings aren't only an Old Testament thing, aren't only a New Testament thing. It is very much still an office that we hold as believers, there, there are responsibilities. There is an opportunity that we can step into that God wants to entrust 
to us. But I'll be honest with you, as I begin to prep and study for the message to, to, to preach today, I, I just felt God taking me a different direction. And I, so I want to get to that. I think it's very important that we understand the roles and responsibilities that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. In fact, as we move more into rescue at home, um, we're going we're gonna to step into that. But I feel, I just feel nudged by God today to bring a, a different message. Because as I, I'm just being honest, right? So the past two weeks for me have been one of the weightiest uh, times that I've had of recent memory. I would say that since uh, the stay-at-home orders hit us back in March, the first, these past two weeks were the first time I really felt the weight of everything that I personally um, have to lead through. So, so here's what I mean by that. Um, as the leader of my home and, and this church, obviously, uh, there is a, a certain tensions that only I can, can manage. I can talk about them, I can share them, but only I can manage them just as a result of being the leader. And I, like, I'm not talking about like, uh, you know, the Facebook tension of like, hey, here's four candy bars, one of them has to go. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. And if we're honest, come on, like if Reese's is on the board, everything else can just sit down, come on. I'm not talking about that kind of tension. I'm talking about like the pressure cooker tension, like something that, that leaves you unable to rest it just kind of consumes your thoughts. And I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm just saying it's reality, right? So I'm in the midst of this kind of mental unraveling. And Brooke and I decide that this is the best time to have uh, one of our more milder discussions. And so, uh, you know, just kind of to kind of break the tension a little bit, I just said, hey, uh, aren't you glad that I brought this up? And uh, she said, well, you can sleep on the apricot tonight. I really hope you're laughing right now because I can't be with you. I'm not in the room with you. And I just made a really lame attempt at a dad joke. <laughs> and if you're not laughing, there's a lot of awkwardness and tension, right? The reality is that I have tension in my life that only I can manage. And the same is true for you. No matter what role you're in, no matter what season of life you're in, there's tension that only you can manage. And I have learned to engage that rather than just running away from it. But I'm going to be honest, last week especially, I felt like something was about to snap. Or like either something in my life was about to snap or someone was about to get slapped. And listen, that is a really good time in your life if you feel like I'm going to snap or I'm going to slap somebody to just pause and start asking God questions. Like when you're unraveling, that's a really good time to ask God, like, what's going on here? What is going on inside of me? And so like, have you felt this way? And maybe you feel this way now, right? Listen, I know you feel this way. Everybody is feeling this way to some degree. I see what you're posting. And I see how others of you have just completely disengaged, retreated. And I'm not talking about solitude. I'm talking about isolation. We've withdrawn. Hey, listen, like this isn't me uh, condemning you. I, I'm just trying to, you know, listen, this is where we're at. This is where so many of us 
are at. I mean, just look at the climate of our culture right now. Like just those of you that are watching right now, just a result of our political scene and the unrest in our community and our cities. There are those of you that, that over the past week or two, you have felt an immense uh, just fear, anger, frustration, confusion. But on the same side, there are some of you that are watching this that have, have, have displayed empathy and boldness, compassion. Perhaps you're curious, you're just investigating, you're, you're trying to understand. And, th and then you throw into the mix of that COVID-19, right? And, we're, and, and what is the result of this uh, over the past two or three months? Just every time I talk to someone, I'm just tired. I'm tired, I, I'm tired of staying home. I'm tired of the protocols. I'm tired of being around my kids all the time. I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired. Some of you, I'm tired of the disregard. Like if everybody would just stay at home and wear your mask, we'd be out of this. Or I'm tired of just the blatant disrespect of what our officials are saying, of what our medical professionals, like literally there's, a, there's some of you right now that you haven't, you haven't communicated like this specifically to me, but, but I know it's out there because I see it. Like you're literally on the front lines and have been from day one and almost feel disrespected that the person who gets to be at home is not adhering to what's going on. And there is just a lot of emotion. There's a lot of unrest with what we've walked through. We're tired, we're certainly tired of the news feed, right? Let's not even talk about our marriages right now. There's some of you, there's, there's so much tension in your marriage, ultimately because both of you enjoy a good game of tug of war. You both be, love being in control. You both love having the last word. Like there's just a lot of tension there. Hey, like there's a few of us that there's so much tension in your back and in your shoulders that you literally think that's what's holding you together. And, and you don't know what life would even be like if you were able to relax and rest. And ultimately I think that's why the Holy Spirit led me to probably one of the most popular passages in the Bible, let alone most popular Psalm, Psalm 23. And what I'd like to do is we are going to have the conversation about the symbol oil in just a few moments, but I want to set it up this way. I want us to walk through the first five verses of this. And I just want to point out a few things. And I believe that it's a word from God for you today. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23, and let's read it together. So verse 1 tells us that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, if you're familiar with any of David's writings, I love the brutal honesty that David always brings. Like, no matter what he's feeling, you're getting the full brunt of that emotion. And so you see a lot of de depending on God, a lot of, God, I need you. God, show up on my behalf. There's a lot of praise. Thank you for moving on my behalf. Thank you for showing up. And then there's some frustration as well. Like, God, why haven't you shown up on my behalf? Like, God, why am I going through this? And so you get the full emotion. And what I love about this psalm in particular is David never tries to make it like uh, give this perception that he doesn't go through dark days or have dark moments. But here we see in the midst of the dark moment, in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the chaos, the unrest, 
in the midst of being tired, there's a God, and He's not just distant. He is, he's close by. In fact, He's a shepherd. And, and there's a lot here that we're about to unpack. But the first thing David says is, I lack nothing. Friends, this is both a declaration and a decision. It is a declaration that because of you, God, because you are my shepherd, you are my provider, you are my protector, you guide me. We're going to get into more of how he describes God as being a shepherd. Like, you have given me everything. I lack nothing. It's a declaration, but it's also a decision. When scholars believe that David wrote this while he was still a shepherd, he wasn't king yet. I don't even know if he knew he was going to be king. But still, he had made the decision that while he was out counting sheep and fighting off wolves and bears and lions, he made a decision that because of you, God, because I belong to you and you are my shepherd, I lack nothing. And I believe if you can get past this thought that God is always holding out on you, then you will begin to embrace and experience the good that God is doing in your life right now. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. He's your shepherd and you lack nothing. Because he's your shepherd, in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Did you catch that? Water, refreshing, the symbol of the Holy Spirit is water, refreshing. See how it all ties together. But this first part here says, he makes me lie down. Now, when I first read this, when I used to read this early on, I was like, that, that seems pretty forceful. Like, I was always taught that, that you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he, he nudges, he invites, he doesn't force. Like, we have our free will to choose, and that's true. And upon a little bit deeper study about how a shepherd would make a sheep lie down, he had to go through four things. And this is what it means when it says he makes me lie down. It's not that he hits you over the head with a staff and says, lay down. No, he just makes sure that you feel comfortable to rest. And here's what I mean. A sheep will not lie down if one of four things are present. So if a, a sheep is timid, if they're fearful, if they think that something's wrong, if something is gonna happen, if they're not in a safe environment, and that's true for you and I too, like it's really hard to rest. So the shepherd makes sure that the environment is safe and that they feel safe. Secondly, if there is friction in the flock, if there was maybe the, the females and the males or have been fighting or there have been um, uh, you know, a dispute over food or if there's any type of friction there, then the flock will not rest. Not just the individual, the entire flock will not rest. So the shepherd comes to instill peace and solidarity. Thirdly, if there are flies nagging and, and parasites nagging the sheep, they can't rest. They're, they're irritated. They're frustrated. It's, they're stressed. Come on. I know this is speaking to somebody. They can't rest. And then lastly, of course, if they're still hungry, if they're still thirsty, then, then they can't rest. A need had not been met. So the shepherd understands that I need to create this healthy environment. And listen to me, mom, dad, coworker, employee, boss, like really in every role that you have, we will struggle to create healthy environments on the areas that we influence 
if we are not experiencing a healthy environment for ourselves. That's why rest needs to be seen not as an option, but as a must. And this rest only comes from the Holy Spirit. Now here's again, I, this is so important that we understand another way that the shepherd helps us lie down, makes us lie down in green pastures. Because if you're familiar with the pasture and the animals that typically uh, take up residence in a pasture, they drop their manure everywhere. Now the cool thing about this is a lot of times the farmers will leave it right there because it will, of course, fertilize the ground. It will help the grass grow, the cattle, the sheep, they eat the grass, circle of life. But you have to realize that after a certain point, the manure can cause the ground to become too acidic. It can be too much. And so after kind of they've met their manure quota, for, for, for lack of a better term, they literally go and take it and they put it in a pile. And then a lot of times if those animals are kept in a stall, maybe they have horses, perhaps they place their cows in a stall, they literally take that manure as a compost pile and break it down and they add it as bedding for the other animals. So do you see here that Jesus is inviting you to rest in a, in a pasture that is lush and that is green and that is hardy, but so many of us are settling for the poop pile. Right? Like we're choosing to, to do things our way. And so therefore we're resting in a place that we were never intended to rest. We're, we're, we're drawing from a source that is not going to be refreshing. The good shepherd, Jesus, wants us to lie down in green pasture. He wants us to find rest. Verse 3 says, He continues to guide me along the right paths for His namesake. Verse 4, And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I just want to say this about God being our guide. We've talked a lot about that in a diff different ways over the past few weeks. But when we are dehydrated, when, as we learned about the sheep, when we are hungry and thirsty, when we are fearful and timid, when there's friction around us, we can't rest, we're dehydrated, we're irritated. Here's what happens. We start using people instead of leading them. We, we start using people to fulfill a need that they were never intended to fulfill. We start drawing from the wrong source. We start choosing what is easy rather than what is right. When we're highly emotional, when we're, when we're not resting, when, our, when we're mentally unstable, we make irrational choices. You, you have to understand that when we're dehydrated, when we're not resting, we're not going to listen to the voice of the shepherd. He can't lead us if we're not willing to follow. And if we don't trust him as our shepherd, we don't trust him uh, to find a place of refuge and rest and to, to draw from his source, then we certainly can't trust him to guide us on the right path. And so when we dehydrate, we deplete others. But when we are hydrated, when, when we're full, it's so easy for us to, to help. It's so easy for us to lead. It's so easy for us to offer. So right now, like, how, is you, how, how are you? How is your heart towards people? 
And I'm not just talking about people in Minnesota or people in downtown Durham or downtown Goldsboro. How's your heart towards your spouse? How's your heart towards your friends? How's your heart towards your family? Simply when our soul is refreshed, we're ready to listen to God's direction. So many times we blame God for not giving us direction and it's just simply because we don't have the heart to hear it. We can't see it. We can't, we can't discern it because we're, we're irritated, we're tired, we're restless. And it makes verse 5, which is really our, what we're going to kind of zoom in to finish up here today. It makes verse 5 so incredibly hard to experience. It makes, it makes verse 5 so incredibly hard to see and to believe. It says that God, our shepherd, will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want to stop there. and We'll get to the second half later. God makes a table for me, for you. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of your chaos, in the presence of your unrest, in the presence of your critics, in the presence of your haters, in, in the presence of all of the uncertainty in your life. God doesn't eliminate those things, but in the presence of them, he gives you the invitation to experience his rest, his goodness, his providence. The, the imagery of a table, it says a couple things. Number one, that we're gonna eat, that we're gonna be fed. Number two, that we're gonna have a relationship. He's with us. And if God is offering us a meal, he's, he's not only saying, hey, I can feed you, I can take care of you, but I can also protect you because even though the enemy is around you, I've got you. You may be behind enemy lines, I've got you. You, you, everything that we just mentioned, the tension that we feel in our life, the tension that, you know, the situations that are causing the tension in your back, the frustration, the, the, the tiredness, the everything that we're feeling right now, God is, is literally telling us today, I know it feels like you're alone. I know it feels like everything is closing in on you, but it's a lie. I am here. I am your good shepherd. I will bring you peace. I will bring you comfort. I will not only feed you, I will protect you. And then this second half of verse five, and this is where we're gonna get to the symbol. And I, and I wanna show you like all this is true, okay? All this is true. This is David talking about the Lord. We see Jesus step in and fulfill this. Literally, he, he's called the good shepherd, okay? It's a title that he carries, so he fulfills this. Now I want to show you how Jesus brings this into our life today. And you guessed it. It is through the Holy Spirit. And you guessed it. The symbol that he uses here is oil. He says that you anoint my head with oil. Because of that, my cup overflows. You mark me. You set me apart with your oil, with your spirit. Now, if you don't understand how at least shepherds in the biblical times operated, 
then that may seem a little weird to you. I mean, again, we know if you were to read the account of Samuel and David, Samuel dumps oil on David's head. And so you, you could kind of read that and say, oh, well, maybe he's saying, David's saying this because that's what's happened to him. And that may, a piece of that may be true. But ultimately, it is a direct tie-in to how a shepherd would take care of his flock. And again, he's calling the Lord, my good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. And now that extends to, of course, his spirit, the gift that has come to us. And so a shepherd would take his sheep and he would pour oil on his head for one of three reasons. And this is where it starts to get practical for you here today. The first thing that he would do is, is if he had to use the oil, it would be because there was some frustration. There was some irritation, right? So typically uh, bugs, pests, flies would fly into the ears of a sheep. Just, just track with this for a second, okay? They would get into the ears, they would enter through the ear. I just want to keep, like they, they would enter through what they hear, okay? They would enter that way. It would go inside, they would lay their larva, the larva would spawn, and it would begin to eat away, decay, pain. Ultimately, of course, the sheep has no way to get it out. And if they were not dealt with, the sheep would literally bang their head against a tree or against a rock, trying to kill this infestation, trying to kill this irritation and frustration until they would die. What in your life right now is making you bang your head? And I'm not talking about when your strong-willed child looks at you and tells you no. Like that is frustrating, right? And there needs to be a certain grace for that, 100%. But I'm talking about to the point of like, again, it's unruly. I can't rest. I can't think. I can't live. It's driving me to the point that just I'm gonna bang my head on something. I feel like no one's listening to me. I feel like I don't have a voice. I feel like nothing I do is, is, is making a difference. I feel like I, I'm powerless. I feel like I'm trapped. I feel like I'm isolated. Like, what is it? You need to know that the Holy Spirit will bring relief to life's frustrations for you, for the irritation, the, the, the things that have entered into through your, your ear, whether it's your physical ears or your heart ears, your mind, like the things that, are, that occupy your mind, that are driving you crazy. God's Spirit brings relief. So the shepherd would pour oil into the ear of the sheep. It would go in and it would wash out and it would cleanse the medicinal properties, would cleanse out the eardrum and it would rid the sheep of not only the frustration, but it would also bring him relief. The second thing that a shepherd would do is um, he would take the oil and he would pour it on top of the sheep's head. Now, why would he do that? Well, because male sheep especially, they like to fight over their territory. They like to fight over their ladies. Do you know how this happens? You've seen it before. What do they do? They butt heads. So the shepherd would pour the oil over the heads so when they would, you know, collide, it would just glaze over one another, not a direct impact. He didn't want the friction to cause a fracture. 
And there are people watching this that right now, that confrontation, that friction in your life has begun to fracture certain things around you. Your marriage has been fractured, your family has been fractured, your opportunities, your career, your job has been fractured. And you need to know that the Holy Spirit, that God's love and presence and power in your life wants to bring protection in the midst of high pressured situations. Now, does that eliminate confrontation? Absolutely not. But it is a, it is a protection, it is a guardrail that in your offense, you have something in your life that steadies you, that guides you, that empowers you to approach this in grace, to approach this in forgiveness, to approach this with courage. You've got protection so that when the friction happens, there's not a fracture. It's something that, it's, it's, it's a filter, it's a guard. This is a, a simple, simple principle. And this is something that literally the Holy Spirit is so good at doing. Right time, right place, right spirit. The Holy Spirit, just think of it like this, like a referee. Hey, you just went out of bounds. What does he do? He blows the whistle. He resets play. Play begins. You commit a foul. He calls you out. Resets you. Play continues. The Holy Spirit is there to keep you, not, not to control you, not to, not to diminish your masculinity, not to make you passive. No, just, just to approach it in the right place, right time, right spirit, so that the friction doesn't become a fracture. The last thing that the shepherd would do is, of course, if there was a sheep that was wounded. You gotta think they're out in a the pasture, there's, there's, you know, all kinds of different things that can harm them between animals, one another, the nature, the environment that they're in. So if there was a cut, if there was a wound, the shepherd would take the oil, he would place it on the wound, and he would bandage it until it healed. It was used to bring healing to the painful moments that we have in our life. The Holy Spirit, this, this symbol of oil, shows us that it can bring relief to our biggest frustrations and irritations in our life. It can bring protection in high-pressured situations. And let's just say that maybe right now we're carrying around some pain from the times that we did bang our head against the wall, from the times that we did butt heads with the people around us. There's something he's got for that too. He's got something for the cuts in our lives. And he wants to offer it to you today. I, I promise you there is nothing better there is no better prescription that I could give you today than if you are watching this and, and just if you would take inventory of yourself for just a second and you've noticed I've got a lot of lower energy, I am, I'm disengaging from, from a lot of things, I'm retreating, I'm, I'm trying to escape all the time, I'm irritated, I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm upset. Like, like if, if any of that describes you, and I know for so many of us, probably for all of us, to some degree, we're there. But 
here I am. I, I don't have I don't I don't have a, a white lab coat on. I'm not wearing scrubs uh, or mask. Thank goodness I don't have to preach in a mask right now. Um, so so I, I'm not I'm not a doctor. But if I could prescribe something to you, I would simply say, this is the medicine you need. This is this is what you need. And it's not just an acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit. It's an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so right now, you're watching this, and here's, here's my invitation to you. Everybody, every single person, has a step to take today. For some of you, you need to meet the Good Shepherd. You need to be brought into His care, into His protection, into His provision, into His rest. You need to follow Jesus today. Right now, in our comments below, um, there is a, a prayer being posted that will guide you in making that declaration and that decision today. There's no specific power in the words, but there is power in your choice. Romans tells us that those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord will be saved. You will be rescued. So here's the invitation. Here's, here's the, the life flotation device. Throwing it out. But you still have to reach out and take it for yourself. And after that, the best part of this is after our first step towards Jesus, every step after that is with Him. And here's what that looks like today. It's receiving the Holy Spirit. It's relating to the Holy Spirit, yes, absolutely, as we've talked about. But it is walking in confidence in this promise right here. And this is how I want to finish it today. I want to pray this over you. The last verse of Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He guides me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. He comforts me. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of my pain, chaos, discomfort. And he anoints me with oil, right? He brings relief. He brings protection. He brings healing. And as a result of this, if this is true, then surely God's goodness and love will follow me. It will be with me. It will be with you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in our hearts. God, I pray that today that any individual watching this today that, that feels depleted, that feels disengaged, that feels dehydrated, that they would be filled with your love, your grace, God, and they would be filled with your spirit, with your power, with your relief, your protection, and your healing. And it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Hey, I, I got a few things I want to tell you about really quickly. Uh, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Anika as we end today's service. So being sent to you right now is actually a survey. Take you 60 seconds to fill out. This survey is going to help us gauge where we are in terms of who's ready to try and start getting back together 
face to face. We realize that everybody is on a different comfort level. We don't want any of you to feel shame for wanting to do or not wanting to do. And we need you to know that whatever we decide, we're gonna do it in a healthy way. We're gonna do it in a safe way. And we're gonna follow the guidelines that have been laid out to us um, and, and really just tapping into our own medical professionals that we have here in our church. But we just wanna gauge where you are so that we can continue planning for the next few weeks into the summer. So please uh, make sure you check your email. In fact, we're gonna drop it in a link right now in the comments as well, just in case we don't want you to miss it. Just make sure you, you click over and take that survey. It'll take you 60 seconds, okay? And the last thing is right now on our website, going live right now, rescuechurchnc.com. Uh, go there, you'll see a couple tabs. One of them says rescue at home. And you can click that, it'll be a, a menu there. And the option that I need you to go to is host home. So to, to give you the direct link, it'll be rescuechurchnc.com slash host home. And we are currently opening up recruitment for our host homes um, so that in a few weeks when we transition to meeting face-to-face, -face, we have several different options to host church around our viewing area. So that would be Durham, Raleigh, Morrisville, Goldsboro. We're looking for a few host homes in these areas to begin with. And so all the information is there, everything that would be expected, everything that we're asking, um, and the opportunity for you to sign up for an interest meeting. So before, you're not really signing up to do it off the bat. You're just going there, reading the information and signing up for an interest meeting, which will take place over Zoom. But I'd love for you to go there and just look through it, pray through it, consider it. Again, all of the information is right there. What am I gonna have to do? What am I gonna have to provide? What's this look like? All of it's there, okay? We, we, we thought through it, it's right there. You can go there, read it, and we'd love for you to fill that out and consider being a host home to invite friends and families and neighbors into your home for Rescue at Home each week okay we love you guys and we will see you soon thank you for listening join us each week here on the pod or live in durham keep up with us by following us on facebook and instagram at rescue church nc